show. Come make like it. I guess the resurgence of comic book logic, so to speak. We're taking a little bit of a, a different turn now. We're going to start talking about the Marvel movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. MCU. Yeah. It does. It sounds like like MCU sounds like a uh, a rap group from the late <laughs> '80s, early '90s. Yeah. yeah. Like MC5. Like they they became something completely different. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> now that now the latest single from Baltimore is MCU. Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man. All right. So yeah, actually today we're gonna be talking about Iron Man. Now we're gonna. This is gonna be a little more structured like this. So we're actually gonna start off this cast by just uh, giving a little bit of background. Um, I'm Joe. I'm the comic book guy, and with me is I'm Kevin. I'm am the movie guy. I guess. Yes. Uh, so to speak. Now Kevin likes to be like off on like I'm not really that into movies. He sat there and just sat and watched every robert altman movie and no one made him do that so <laughs> no i no i i, I am a, a movie guy and i am a movie guy in in the sense of uh i i love yeah i love a lot of different kinds of movies probably more than most people and i'm not saying that to to brag that's it's a detriment unfortunately because it means that my watch list of movies is always astronomically long and i will never see you know, even 10% of the movies that I supposedly <laughs> want to see. Um, but in relation to comic book movies, uh, I watch them and uh, because I watch all of the movies. And most of them are fine. But what, this, this, this podcast came out of many, many conversations that we've had about my reservations with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. About yeah. the marketing aspect of just just lots of things and yeah. lots of things that we'll get to and 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 resolve hopefully. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean this this first one's gonna be a little different because this is the beginning of everything, so we don't have the it begins the whole Marvel, um the the build up to it, so to speak. This is the first one, um, and so just before we start with with Iron Man, so to speak, uh, I want to ask Kevin. Going into the movie Iron Man, I know you've seen these movies. I've seen before, it before. I've seen just about all of them. But when you, th before you even saw Iron Man, what did you know about him? Like, what did you, what did you know about about the character? About the character, you know, nothing whatsoever. Nothing whatsoever. You knew? Um, did you know he was a guy in a suit? Yes, okay. I knew that there was a guy I, uh, in a suit. I did know that. I don't know how I knew that. Um, wouldn't have known Tony Stark, wouldn't have known any of the background, no sense of what his powers are, so to speak. Um, the bulk of my non-Batman or Superman, which I also <laughs> mo mostly know from the movies, um, the bulk of, well, let's just say my Marvel knowledge of any characters came from various, uh, Saturday morning and or weekday afternoon cartoons. Yeah. Knew a lot about the X-Men, 
as they were presented yeah, on the X-Men cartoon from the 90s. Knew a lot about Spider-Man as he was presented from the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. What about the 60s one with Spider-Man you know and his amazing friends? I don't know that I've ever still 70s, ever seen that Spider-Man, the, the meme-friendly yeah. version of Spider-Man. Um, do know a lot about the old-school Super Friends, though. <laughs> Did watch a lot of that. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Nah, yeah, the, the Justice League inexplicably being called Super Friends. I'm sure you can explain to me why that is, but that is probably well, not a conversation for right now. Because they had superpowers, <laughs> and they were friends. And they were friends. Dumb question. Um, uh, no, I didn't know. I, I don't think that I could have told you anything about Iron Man and, uh, whatsoever, and I think that that's... Well, you're probably gonna gonna yeah. get to that. I'm point, gonna give but... you a little bit of the background on Iron Man before before the movie, so to speak. Right. So. Well, and that's and that's what made it so interesting, I think, for for Marvel to start there. Yeah. Uh, that people don't know anything about Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, uh, so of course, Iron Man debuted in 1963. So, uh, you, you know, way, way, way long ago. So before the movie came out in 2008, the character was already pretty much 40 years old at that time created of course by the the indomitable stan lee who uh mm. did you catch his his cameo in the movie when he was called hugh hefner yeah yes. we, we we will it what, was stan lee as hugh hefner which is actually kind of funny because uh stan lee when creating iron man i wanted him to be a howard hughes type character ah. uh like a millionaire playboy sure little eccentric um an arms dealer so to speak like he is in the movie um, uh, his own quote is, I think I gave myself a dare in the height of the cold war. The readers, the young readers, if there was any, they hated it was war. It was the military. So I got a hero who represented that to the hundredth degree, <laughs> <laughs> the hundredth degree. Wow. Yeah, All right. He's a weapons manufacturer. He was a providing weapons for the army. He was rich. He was an industrialist. Um, uh, that he is like. And he became popular, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so there, yeah. So the original 1963 Iron Man was wounded in Vietnam. Oh, yeah. So that was topical at the time. It was sure. He was on the pulse of, yes. of what was going on, and it, a lot of things were pretty. Neil much... Young wrote a song about it. <laughs> in some in the alternative universe in, in the Marvel yeah. in the MCU or yeah. the the Marvel comic book universe. Yes. <laughs> So in 1963, he was in Vietnam, and a lot of things that are in the movie were also in the comic. He he gets captured, uh, he takes uh, shrapnel to the chest, uh -huh. uh, he meets the doctor Yin, uh, what's his name, Yin something. I always remember him as Yin. It's yeah, Yin. and I just Yin we just, Sane, I think it is. <laughs> we just saw it, and I don't remember. Yeah, uh, he meets him, and he helps develop the Iron Man armor. Uh, you know, and he comes out of it a, a changed man. He wants to use the armor to protect people. So that's pretty much all the way there. Um, and it's been updated over the time. In the 90s, it was changed to the first Gulf War. And yeah. now it's in the modern, it's Afghanistan or the second Gulf War. Uh, Yinsen. Okay, Ho Yinsen was the guy's name. Ah. Yeah. In uh, almost all, uh, Stark Stark and Yinsen build the armor together. Uh, the weird thing is, is that... Uh, Obadiah Stane also been around in the comic book universe for very long. Very, very different than the version we see in the movie, and I'm not going to spend too long on it. Hmm. Uh, also called the Ironmonger. Uh, oh. Definitely not played by Jeff Bridges in the comic book. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh. Mm. Jeff Daniels, maybe? <laughs> yes, Jeff Daniels from very... Dumb and Dumber in the Newsroom. Yeah, young Jeff Daniels. The In the comic book, however, one of the most 
probably pervasive things throughout Iron Man's history is he has a very addictive personality. He's a, an alcoholic in many of the storylines um, that transfers over to drugs and others. So he has a very, very addictive personality through drugs, sex, alcohol, all that sort of thing. That's kind of been a common theme throughout it. Um, and I think it, it's weird that Mar- shrapnel shrapnel. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous shrapnel Mar- <laughs> yeah. addiction. Marvel really doesn't touch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't touch on that too much, like in terms of it being a character flaw as it does in the comic. Hmm. But the movie does touch on it a little bit, his addictive personality, which is part of the reason I think that, you know, why we have Robert Downey Jr. playing the character. Sure. So we start off with the sweet, dulcet tones of ACDC. <laughs> now, we're going to give a little bit of a re- – this is the part of the show where we're going to give a little bit of a recap of the movie, kind of just giving our thoughts as we go through it. Nothing uh, too out of the ordinary, I think. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, so the movie starts off in Arabistan. Um, I don't know necessarily <laughs> where it is. It's a nondescript desert, desert caves, country. Brown yeah. people who don't like America. And that was one of my biggest problems is, is, like, these are a lot of character actors I recognized, and none of them are actually, like, like Afghani or anything like that. Like, that guy's Egyptian. Wait, that guy's <laughs> Pakistani. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, we can't tell. We, we, can, we yeah. have no idea. Yeah. We don't keep up with that. That's what I'm saying. Non- uh, you're brown? Um, you're yeah. hired. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was throughout the entire thing. But he's driving. Tony Stark is in a Humvee, guarded by soldiers, driving through a Rabistan. Makes a reference to MySpace. He does make that. This is 2008, <laughs> were, too. Were we ever so young? But, I mean, MySpace was not around in 2008. Well. It, well I mean, it was, but it wasn't it like. It was, but. No one yeah. was using it in 2008. Might have been filmed. In, uh, that, that, that line might have been written and spoken in 2007. Yeah, but, I mean. I just it's weird because I got I was married in 2008 and I had my Facebook account way before then. <laughs> so that's why it's a little interesting to me. Wow. Well, maybe was, it was maybe when it was written MySpace was still the he top was busy dog. and he wasn't quite caught up. Yeah, I it's think true. That that's part of the problem. Yeah, so you so he's driving through there and he's got the soldiers of course and the soldiers are and he's being straight up Robert Downey Jr. I don't think Oh yeah. I the hardest part of this movie for me is separating the character of Tony Stark from Robert Downey Jr. Because in some ways they've become way intertangled sure. in that universe. But anyway, the caravan he's currently in in Arabistan gets under attack through, you know, RPG fire, machine gun fire, and all of the people that he's made friends with in the Humvee end up dying in horrible, excruciating deaths. Yeah. And he gets out and he's struggling, trying to he pulls out his flip phone to someone i guess (laughs) he pulls out his uh, motorola razor yeah and uh he's almost killed by irony um (laughs) no it's an rpg rocket that says stark industries sure um of course then he's he's taken capture put in you know standard what americans think is going on over in in the middle east you know take it to a cave with a bag on his head And they're like, we a will video f- is made. Yeah. yeah, video is made. Released on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace music, actually. <laughs> Uploaded to LimeWire and distributed <laughs> distributed to colleges uh, across the nation. And on Napster. 
<laughs> Did you see his video on Napster of Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah, he ends up. It, but they they end up wanting. Uh, so then we we flash back at that point yes. after after the RPG attack. How did we get there? And we we go back and he's at a Vegas casino, still you know, being Robert Downey Jr. Jr. However, they give us all the exposition in a in a flashback format yeah. with bad Photoshop magazine covers. Which I loved. I thought, let's get this out of the way because Marvel understands that we've got a, a they're, 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 they, they have an end game. Yeah. But before they can even talk about what that end game is, they've got to get people on board with this character who, I think in my mind, maybe they didn't realize just how much, but they knew how central he was going to be to the next however many years. Well, I mean, more than that, I think Marvel understands something that DC will never understand. It's that superhero origins are pretty much in the zeitgeist of of American culture. Mm-hmm. We don't need to know too much. Yeah. But we know that... We didn't need him to become Iron Man an hour and a half into this movie. We needed him to become Iron, Iron Man, Man yeah. like 20 minutes in, if possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's even that, it's like, we don't... That's the biggest problem that Batman Begins and Man of Steel suffer from is the fact that it takes so long for these people to become these characters that we want to see on the screen. Iron Man's a little different, though, because I think the movie could have been called Tony Stark, and I think I still would have enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's all rests on Robert Downey Jr.'s shoulders throughout this entire movie, but the... (laughs) It's just... we We don't need to know all this stuff. We don't need to see... Like this long, laborious, tortured idea of how he sure. becomes. We just Iron needed Man. a uh, thirty seconds of a little video of his father in the business, and Stark, Stark Industries. You know. and, yeah. yeah, and then and then cut to who he actually is. There yeah. it is. Everything we needed to know was in that. Yeah. Uh, he that goes up, intro. They, they and present then... the they present the award, and he's not there. He's gambling right. in the casino. Which let me tell you, by the way, one of the notes I took is they will never, ever, ever let you blow on dice at a casino. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you're when true. you're playing craps. That, even if the ro- dice always have to remain in sight. Even you if you roll it, Tony Stark. Yeah, you. They don't let you blow on those dice. No. No. Maybe if you're Tony Stark and you got millions of dollars on the table, but most of the time they will not let. If you try to pull that stunt, they will cap you. They will kneecap you right there. <laughs> they will shoot you with a Stark Industries Jericho missile. Yeah, right much. there in the casino. Um, and of course, there's Terrence Howard, uh, wife beaten Terrence Howard. <laughs> Star. What was that movie he was in? Uh, we're hard out here for a pimp. What's the one? What's the one? Oh, with the yeah, the yeah, the I, yeah. Oh my God! Why do I keep wanting to say Showgirls? <laughs> burlesque. He was in Burlesque. What is that movie? Uh, we'll find out eventually. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It it really doesn't matter. But no, uh, Terrence Howard is there. He's he's playing. He's not he has not transformed into T- Don Cheadle yet. No, he's not. He's Rody Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Iron Man's. I guess military contractor. They're really kind of nebulous about what he does in the movie, but I guess he's just—he shows up at the right time in yeah. in all the right places. He's he shows the, up to rescue him. He he's shows the military up to... liaison, is what he is essentially yeah. to Stark Industries, Tony Stark's company that sells weapons to the military. Sure. Yeah. Um, instead, instead of Tony Stark accepting the award, it's accepted by the man who was previously in charge of Stark Industries, Obadiah Stane, played by a very non-menacing bald you know uh hustle and flow hustle and flow thank you (laughs) uh you know jeff bridges um who's you know pretty good in the movie i mean yeah you gotta i don't find him menacing at all i never find him as a villain villain, you know no 
I mean, even when he's like a badass, like he's in um, what's what's the no not No Country for Old Men, but um, what's the 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 Cohen brother True oh, Grit? True grit. When mm-hmm. He's a True Grit. I never found him that menacing. I found him. I always find him more grandfatherly, yeah, or fatherly rather mm-hmm. than you know an insane megalomaniac, which yeah. I guess is good for the movie because you're not technically supposed to know he's the villain. Yeah. Unless you're, of well, course, a person like me who knows who Obadiah Stane is. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I don't know if this is getting too ahead of ourselves, but uh, that was sort of one of the issues. It was, but but it was it was fine. But it but it, I feel like it handicapped the movie a little bit because ultimately you find out that not only is he the villain, he's there. There's no gray area no. to his. He's just a uh, uh, evil, evil, greedy. Capitalist, uh, no, no, no empathy, no, no, uh, no. no uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly what I wanted to say. The cat smacking kind of a day. Um, we, he didn't really smack his cat. Uh, for those listening, there's no animal abuse. I, 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 I was witness. <laughs> we can cut that out. Um, there, there were no, there was no gray area. There was no misinterpreting. There was no, no sympathizing with his motives. Like, well, you know, he's kind of got a point. It was just like he's a cartoonish, yeah, he's he's villain. Evil. He's yeah. just the bad guy. And then once he becomes a robot or puts his ro- puts his version of the suit on, that's Ironmonger suit. Yeah. Then he just sort of stomps around. His voice gets even more cartoonish. Well, I think. And I think this is something that... And then he gets exploded with lasers or something. This is one of the things that you (laughs) kind of have to just accept in comic book movies is that there's always going to be, especially the Marvel movies, Marvel's very good at doing this while DC is always like, our heroes should remain kind of dark and, you know, nebulous. No, there's always the hero's drive to be a hero. The drive towards being a hero. A hero will always do the most heroic thing that they can, while a villain will always do the most villainous thing they can there's a drive towards villainy and a drive towards heroism that there's a major split um in the movies like there's never you are not supposed to empathize with the villain too much sure yeah and and as marvel's cinematic villains have continued in different movies i mean they're at the point now where they're just like alien robots that we can't (laughs) empathize with anyway and they're just clearly evil because they were designed yeah. in a CG program. <laughs> I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here because I don't want to jump the timeline. Yeah. Um, Captain America were literally fighting Nazis. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so most all-purpose villain. The, the most all-purpose villain. But they can't really show Nazis, so they're Hydra, which is... Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. So we have, uh, you know, Obadiah Stane goes up there, gives a few remarks and blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the things that they tell us is that Obadiah Stane was the person who kept Stark Industries alive when, while well, after um, um, Tony's father D- Howard died early, and uh, Tony was not old enough to take over the company, so Obadiah led it through you know different yeah different issues, uh, including the creation of the arc reactor technology, yeah, which should also be called um, it runs on MacGuffinism. <laughs> Exactly. MacGuffinite, I think it is. MacGuffinite. MacGuffinite, mm-hmm. which is, it's, they never explain what it does. They just say, oh, it's arc reactor technology. This is the future. Wait, wait, what, what, why, <laughs> why is it the future? You know, they, they explain this all in this 30, like 10 second montage with bad Photoshop, which is like, it's, it's funny because it's the type of Photoshop that I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, okay, so, uh, 
it turns out that Tony has to go to Arabistan to show off some new weapons and it sell it to the military. Yeah. So that and that's the whole thing is that, you know, Rhodey's trying to corral him into doing it, you know. You get some glimpses of their relationship. They're very buddy buddy, even though it's like they really shouldn't be because it's like a yeah. military thing. Mutual respect, I suppose. Mutual respect while showing no respect for any women around them. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately there aren't that many in the movie that we have to deal with. Oh no, no. Of course. <laughs> the first the first true female character we, we, we meet in the movie uh calls Tony out on his you know, they call you the merchant of death. Like, really? Who calls him that? Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, the the, the all-purpose, like, Huffington Post reporter yeah, or something. exactly. You know? And the, and the worst thing is, is that it's like, oh, you're, you're the merchant. We don't have any sort of, like, thing that we can, the, maybe the most person that we can somewhat call that is, like, Dick Cheney. Like, <laughs> like we would never, like, who who runs Blackwater, Kevin? Who yeah. runs, you don't know. I don't know. No one could. No one I have knows no idea. this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, I might feel that way about, you know, the CEO of Comcast. but <laughs> <laughs> No, and that's true. I mean, that kind of thing wouldn't be so public. Yeah. No matter how uh, flamboyant and, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of a celebrity that Tony Stark character is. People would be like, yeah. oh, yeah, him. What does he do? I don't know. He runs a company of some sort. Yeah. Who's Elon Musk? Tell me that. Who's Elon <laughs> Musk? And you'd be like, well, uh, I, I, I think he, he has a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a spaceship. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the whole point of it. But, of course, he ends up sleeping with her. Yeah, and one of the weirdest sex scenes ever because it's so obviously not the woman and – Robert Downey Jr. having sex in that scene because you never see their faces. It's just like I'm like I had to stop and look. I'm like, wait a second, that's not them at all. <laughs> this was added in. Um, and then the next scene, of course, is when they wake up in the morning and you meet Pepper Potts. Yes, uh, Tony's girl Friday, as I like to call her. <laughs> Which is that relationship they're trying for from the old My Girl Friday? Who was in that movie? Was that uh? That was uh. That was. I'm leaning towards Gregory Peck. Um, yeah. But it's like like those type of movies where it's like he the girl is his sidekick who's he's not having a relationship with. I'm sure I'm. Oh, it's Cary Grant, right? Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell. Oh, okay. sheesh! You should know that of all people. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So the yeah they're they're in that type of relationship. Gene Lockhart's also in that. Movie. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It's so she she takes out the trash every once in a while while escorting. Uh-huh. Uh, you know the female yeah. reporter. She out. does all the things. She is. She she does everything that she needs to for him because, as we see, he's completely incapable of taking care of himself and any sense of responsibility. Yeah, he's, you know, he he he's a, a basically a a, a a a an empty husk of a man. Yeah, ready to be filled with a sense of purpose. loyalty and purpose and heroism and direction and direction and, yeah. and drive that will that he will find uh in the darkest of places speaking of literally which, dark literally yeah. a cave speaking back to arabistan at this point after they fly <laughs> you know after they fly to arabistan and yeah. uh you know lots of witty banter on the ensues. plane and strippers stripper plane stripper plane uh also called the soul plane as i like <laughs> as i like to call it 
Um, mm. He shows off, uh, Tony shows off the new missile, the Jericho missile, which is just a bunch of little missiles inside of a big missile. <laughs> the Matryoshka doll of missiles. The next uh, version of that will, of course, just be the little missiles exploding, exploding to many more, more missiles. Little, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a Matryoshka doll of, uh, <laughs> of missiles. Which is, which is, you know, he's got this whole thing rehearsed and, you know, everything. And everyone's all applauding like, oh, yeah, more missiles. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that missile has got a bunch of missiles. I like more missiles. Yeah, he's, he's showing off for general fat white guy, which is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's like all he was missing was like a big cigar coming out of his mouth or a pipe, so to speak. <laughs> like, it's like, like a, like a MacArthur portrait, you know, it's come to life. But anyway, and that's where he's coming back, and we takes us back to the beginning where he's ambushed and taken to a cave. Yes, where yeah you know, he meets uh, Ho Yin Sen and um, build and has to build the Jericho missiles for these mysterious Arab terrorists who want to do use the missiles for some. They have a lot of Stark technology as is. I don't know why they need the missile. Yeah, well, they just need that one. They, they need they, that one because it's the best. Because it's cool. Maybe it runs on arc <laughs> reactor technology. <Arc> <laughs> But of course, uh, Tony Stark. Uh, he, when he wakes up, he finds that he's he, he's um, hooked up to a car battery, which created an yeah. electromagnetic. He's got a thing in his chest. He's got it's, some shrapnel in his chest that yeah. are moving towards his vital organs, and this is very similar to the original Iron Man, except that in the original Iron Man, he has to wear the whole chest plate underneath uh. his suit, not just the arc reactor in the mm-hmm. center of his chest. Um, my, one of my favorite things in that scene, though, is after he wakes up and he's like. What do you do? To, what did you do to me? It cuts to another scene where they're by the fireplace, and then the guy starts explaining it. So it just goes to show that there was like a whole section that they cut out of him like asking the question, and then no one saying anything until they move to the fireplace, and then he answers it. And I hate that in movies. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure there was actually some scene there, and it just it was a it was a very transparent, sort of awkward, jarring kind of cut yeah. where you were like, "Why? Wait, what?" But yeah, that's basically what it seems like. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I will answer you over there. Yes, quick, let us move. <laughs> you know, something like that. And he's like, "Okay, so uh, I'm I'm Tony. I know who you, you are. You get it." You gonna answer my question? Yeah, yeah. Just give it, give it a second. Give it. <laughs> that he answers. Oh, I hate that in movies. <laughs> I absolutely hate that. Um, but yeah, he he ends up uh, you know, explaining that it's it's the, the part of the you know we call them the Walking Dead. It takes like a week for the shrapnel to actually kill the person. Blah blah blah. Tony Stark, uh, the 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 Arab terrorists come in demand to make the Jericho missile. Tony Stark is like, okay. And then he uh, he uses the technology to build his own little arc reactor. And more importantly, he builds a big iron suit. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why he came up with that, but... Well, he knew that he was going to have to fight his way out yeah. and couldn't. So he made a bulletproof suit thing with a little face. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and little and missiles and machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just sort of did that. And, well, and of I course, like that. I like that there's so we actually see that the bad guy, you know, Bob, the terrorist. Yeah. Is watching him. There's yeah. video. Hooked up, <laughs> yeah. And he knows there's at some one point where he confronts him and he says, you're not actually doing the thing. And he goes, no, but I am kind of. And then he talks him into not killing the doctor. Yeah. And so he's OK. Well, you better build yeah. that missile. When it's clear that all the things he's building, none of them are missile shaped. Yeah. None of them. 
It's None like, of them a, are like, why does a missile need fingers? <laughs> why did why did you make that weird face thing? Oh, that's a welding mask. Yeah. You used a welding mask to make that welding mask. <laughs> this is a diff- better one. I made a better one. Yeah, yeah, I know you're in a rush. I know, but I needed to 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 take five hours to yeah make this and make the eye holes and. But so he of course makes his way out and escapes, but his the doctor uh sent. Uh, he's like, no, 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 you don't have enough time. I'm going to go distract them. And he's like, if you just waited like literally five seconds, you could have made it out with me, you know? And he gets, he gets gunned down. It's and... okay. I'm dispensable. <laughs> it is basically exactly what he says to, to Tony Stark. No, yeah, no, no, no. I have no family. My family's already dead. No, I want to die. No, seriously. There's no further use for me in this film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like. Trust me, my death will lead you to a better, more heroic path. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he dies, and Tony Stark fights his way out, uses his cool missiles and flamethrower and machine guns. Rock music. And rock music playing. More dulcet tones of ACDC. He, and he uses his boost, jumps out into the desert, wanders off, and eventually is rescued somehow? Sure. Yeah. He's rescued by... The, the the his his all purpose buddy who's yeah. always there when he needs he, to be there. There's actually a really great cut scene with um in the movie where Rhodey keeps going out looking for for Tony. He's like I tagged him. Well, he keeps on like I'm he's, zeroing in on his signal. The general is like, this is like the fourth time you've gone out to look for him. And he's like, I'll keep going out and try to find him. And he's yeah. like, God bless you, soldier. <laughs> it's something like that. And then he strikes a woman. <laughs> Terrence Howard wife beating thing is very strange. Um, he goes, yeah, they eventually gets rescued and he comes back to America. You know, mm-hmm. he demands a cheeseburger. A changed man. A changed man demands a cheeseburger from, from Burger King. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the story behind that is is that Robert Downey Jr. found himself eating a Burger King cheeseburger and realized that he had needed to change his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the story behind it. Really? Yeah. When wow. he was when he was on drugs and all strung out and like going into people's Burger place. King will uh, yeah will just, do that yeah he he pulled a, a Margot Kidder and was just running into people's houses <laughs> um and he holds a press conference where he tells everyone that Stark Industries is no longer going to make weapons because he yeah. saw all the Stark technology weapons at the terrorist camp yeah, it's and he's being like, used for bad things and he realized as opposed to the weapons being used for good violence is bad yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And of course, you know, Obadiah Stane's like, whoa. Uh, he's just kidding, guys. We're going to keep doing that because yeah, like, I got us. Hey, Tony, we're, we're, you know, we're weapons dealers. We're iron mongers. Shove that in there. That worst line ever. <laughs> because I got to set up the fact that I'm going to be a villain called iron monger. And iron monger is just a person who sells iron. I don't Which know Which he never why. like calls himself that. I didn't know that that was yeah. his name. I just thought it was like. I don't know. I didn't know he had his own yeah. super villain remember, name. I don't remember if they ever actually. I think that's the only time they actually say it in the movie. But yeah. I know that in the comics, that's his name. Yeah, so that's on. how they were working that in because it, there was no legitimate way for him to be like, "Call me Ironmonger now that I am this robot thing." Yeah, <laughs> I want a name like you have a name. Yeah, I'm but he the hadn't Iron been called. Mon- but he hadn't Grr. really been called Iron Man yet at that point. He was called Iron Man at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, he's like, I want to be Iron Man, girl. <laughs> Iron Monger, Monger. There we go. That works. So he tells Man. Tony, he tells Tony to lay low while he gets everything sorted out. Yeah. 
you know, they're just like, why don't we focus on the arc rejector technology and it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah goes through. Like, but there's one in me. It yeah. works fine. It's glowing. Exactly. And so uh, while, while laying low, Tony designs more, uh, more fancier versions of the armor in a series of comedic scenes so to fun speak. little fun little montages and quips and talking to, to a, robots. A, an ai robot of some sort <laughs> with a with an arm that's very nice it's very cute yeah i mean one of the one of the things i i, I really liked is that they had the, the 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 fire extinguisher robot yeah they did that yeah, yeah, yeah. they did that bit three times yeah and it worked for yeah. me i was like it was funny yeah i was like this is this is something that's going to be I, it shouldn't work, but it does. And I think it's that rule of three. They did it three times. Yeah. And they gave the robots, of course, human-type, you know, personification. Yeah, it can yeah. make it a little sad yeah. when when he scolds it. Yeah. The robot makes sad noises for some reason. Like, yeah. why would that be programmed? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, and here's the here's the thing that, that bothers me at this point in the movie. You know, uh, Stain comes back from from the board meeting and he's all upset and everything like you really got to understand I, I kind of sympathize with him at this point in the movie because i'm always like tony stark is kind of being a little unreasonable <laughs> like it's like start like the ceo of starbucks coming out and say you know what we're not making coffee anymore <laughs> i've seen what coffee can, can do. do yeah pretty much and the the, uh, the guy who's underneath him is like but that's what our business plan is it's selling <laughs> coffee <laughs> I, I mean, I understand that, you know, weapons and he, he's a changed person. The weapons have, have shown him that do more harm than good. But yeah, sure enough, it's just ridiculous <laughs> what's going on there. Um, it would have been far easier for him to just be like, I'm going to resign because I don't want to be a part of this business, but I'm not going to take down an entire industry of people with me. Yeah, exactly. Like all these people who are like working in the munitions factory are like, Jesus Christ, uh, am I going to have a job? Yeah. I mean, oh, Stark gets a little kidnapped and Dude, I, I got to give up my $50,000 a year job. <laughs> you know, I'm just stuffing bullets here, man. <laughs> I actually probably Stark Industries. I have a family. Stark industry probably plays pretty pays pretty well, even on the, like the low end jobs. Might could be. Yeah, I mean they're not you know they're no uh, Walmart. They're a, they're a yeah. legitimate Fortune 500 company. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I sympathize with like everyone else because I think Tony's being a little like he can even go back and say like you know what let's focus on like non lethal technologies or something like that. Mm -hmm. But no, he's like and no drones. Well, they do mention drones a little bit, but that wasn't quite a thing yet. No, but, yes, uh, but I, yeah, protective technology, defensive yeah. technology, and, uh, fancy bulletproof things. Yeah, you know. And the rest of the movie is is pretty much, uh, I mean, you could sum up. There's there's the scenes where the the terrorists from Arabistan find the old armor suit, and get it to yes, uh, yeah. get it to stain get so to that stain. he can uh, do it and improve upon it and build his own thing. Meanwhile, uh, Tony Stark is flying the Iron Man, testing out the Iron Man suit, flying it around, flying it against jets. Yeah, you know, it's some really cool scenes. I mean, the, he goes the, to take uh, out some bad guys, some unfinished business. Yeah, the the CG scenes look pretty good in that. Yeah, I mean, because because he's he's confronted by that uh, by that that same reporter again, who's just mm -hmm. like, do you know Stark? And you know this village, 
Yeah, I heard about it. The The guy in the first act brought it up. I thought it was kind of weird that he mentioned that village by name, but it turns out, I guess it's kind of important. And he's like, you sold them a bunch of things. He's like, oh, I didn't sell them anything. And then he's like, oh, I got to go fly there in my iron suit yeah. and fight them. Do you know the village of Chekhov's gun? Yeah, I've heard of that before. <laughs> not, not quite the same, but. So, yeah, they fly. he flies. There. And, he's, you know, it's all just showing off the Iron Man suit at this yeah. point and he's he's taking revenge for it but then he finds out of course that there's a big conspiracy and Obadiah Stane is secretly selling the weapons to the terrorists and he, they he paid them to to kidnap Tony yes which is weird that they would do that before Tony Stark was even an issue like with Stane that's how you know Stane is evil because he wanted to take Tony out before Tony even had the before chain. yeah yeah which when I, he was just being billionaire playboy Tony Stark which was so weird cuz it's like He's just the billionaire. You could do whatever you want at this point. But no, he that's how you know he's evil. Yeah. Yeah. And, if, you know, Obadiah Stane, you know, confronts Tony and steals his arc reactor so he can use it to power the Ironmonger suit because he's, they're like, we can't get it to work. And he's like, well, Tony Stark did it in a cave with a box <laughs> of scraps. One of my favorite lines. Of, of that course movie. he did. Of course he did. With with Jeff Bridges getting really angry and scary and just kind of yeah. like, hey, it's not really that he's, scary. He's the that's that's good though too to, to bring up because he's he yes, we are sort of dismissing him as the billionaire playboy, but he's also a genius. Yeah. I mean, they make it a point to be like he's he can do complex mathematics in his head. He can build that thing out of scraps in a cave with uh, a gun sometimes literally pointed at his head. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he works well under pressure. He's obviously very clearly built for this thing. Yeah, he's a... But he's, he's, but he's being... The point is that he's being... Uh, he's wasting his talents on this business, and that's part of where he's he's probably been a problem for a while that it could very well be there's probably a lot of backstory that we haven't seen you yeah. know now i'm projecting that on the movie but but it's i feel I, like I can, it's, it's implied in his character yeah, that, it's, that, it's a, i could see that it's yeah. not anything out of the ordinary um and of course um the arc reactor oh you know we missed this part but when Stark gets back, he replaces his original arc reactor with a uh, new yes. one. Oh, yes. And that's a great, yes, that was a great scene. Oh, with him and Pepper? Yes. It's a great scene from a, um, one of the things that I did really like about this movie, you mentioned the CG is pretty good. There was also a lot of very cool, um, old school, like, movie magic. Like, how did they do oh, that? Oh, reaches into... There's, there was some of that. There was her reaching into the chest and pulling out the thing, and you're looking – I was looking closely at it. I'm sure there's a very easy way to explain how they did that, but on some level I was still sitting there just like, wow, like realizing like that's very cool. And the scenes where he was flying around yeah. and not the not the ones where he blasts off and it starts it, – there's, yeah. a, there's a moment where you're like, oh, that just became like CG. a sped up weird yeah. CG thing. But when he's actually gets it under control and he's at the one percent thrust and he's yeah. floating around, you're like, "That's pretty cool." I uh, I, I, I appreciate. See, I that. can see you watching the movie, just going, "Kristen, <laughs> Kristen, how are they doing this? <laughs> Look at that! They got the Iron Man's flying around there. What are you, Kristen?" She's reaching into his chest. You can't even see the wires. Yeah. You can't even see the wires on him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when he. <laughs> 
But he tells her to get rid of the, the the original one, and she gets it framed to show proof that Tony Stark has a heart. It's it's yeah, a, a fun little thing. Sweet. But it's also one of those MacGuffins she, that you know is going to come back later. She gives him, yes, exactly. It's 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 Chekhov's arc reactor. Yeah, and then which leads us to the third <laughs> act of the movie, which I believe probably seventy five percent of all Marvel movies have this problem in the third act. Uh, especially Iron Man. All three Iron Man movies are exactly the same way, where in the third act of the movie, he's underpowered and has to punch things. Yeah. It's all three of them are exactly the same. And, and when we reach those in the podcast, it's going to be the same thing. And that's what it is. It's yeah. what you you set up that the character is, he, 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 you know, he gets him, he gets this power, he gets whatever. This is every Marvel movie. You get the power, and the power is clearly a superpower, literally a superpower. Yeah, yeah. And then rather than just being like, I'm going to use this power, and you know, I'm somewhat evenly matched, and it's just yeah. going to be me versus him. It's like, no, it's like you have to— yeah, you know, they have, have to take him back down. That's that's a special, and then power back up. But you know why? Because it shows that the real power was comes from within. Yeah. It, t- it turns out we were the real monsters. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's the same problem like with the Star Trek movies, uh, not the new ones, but the original Star Trek, the the six movies of the original Star Trek series. At the end of every one, the Enterprise is severely underpowered, except for the last one in Star Trek Six. Is the only time that the the Enterprise is is at full power, but it's by then it's an old age decrepit ship. I mean, one day we'll go over it when we do our Star Trek podcast, but yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, I want to see Iron Man like fully powered up and fighting this bad guy, you know, this Iron Monger yeah. suit. And and all it, revolves out, it evolves into is just punching, you know, just punch this and punch that. Yeah. And- it's always punching, and nobody ever really looks like they've been beat up. Nobody ever, because they're PG-13, there's no blood. Not that I want there to be blood. I'm fine yeah. with implied blood. There but... will be blood, Kevin. <laughs> there will be blood. Paul Thomas Anderson's Iron Man. Uh... <laughs> I drink your milkshake, Tony Stark. Um, anyway, actually, I had to work that in. Actually, um... You know, we're going to talk a little I'll talk a little bit about production notes in a little bit because um, we're just about done with the recap of the movie. Well, uh, that's pretty much it. Well, the, the biggest point, uh, the one thing that we haven't mentioned that happens at the absolute very end is, of course, course, his uh, not the very, very end, not after the credits, right before oh, the credits. We, we have to talk about that. Is the uh, is him admitting to well, the world that he is Iron Man well, what's and great, taking ownership about that? What's uh, great is that. there's a through line throughout the entire movie of Agent Coulson from the Strategic Homeland, you know, blah 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 uh, blah, 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 blah blah division. Yeah. Um, also known as Shield, trying to meet with Tony Stark. Yeah. Now, why he's trying to meet with him before he develops the Iron Man suit, I don't know. But um, you know, it's funny because Coulson, I didn't realize that he had shown up that early in the Marvel Universe. No. Yeah, I it thought, surprised me. I thought maybe he would have shown up after Nick Fury did so in the second, whatever, yeah, the second Iron Man movie. 2, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I thought it was Iron Man 2 he showed up, but I saw him in the first movie, I was like, hey, that's Coulson. That's kind of cool to go back and yeah. see Coulson there. Um, but yeah, he's, he's there and, you know, trying to get him to, um, so they give him this this thing about like when Iron Man is fighting you know Ironmonger at the end they're like to give him what happened after the arc reactor blows up and it looks like the end of Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, Coulson is, it's a is sign all right. Yeah, going Stark out of, Industries is going, going out of business. Out of business. <laughs> 
Oh man, uh, quoting other movies. Amy movie Potts podcast. would have been an amazing Pepper Potts. <laughs> um, we, we will. We there's a bit we're gonna do at the end. You're with going it. to be late for your plane. <laughs> I pay myself well. <laughs> I God, don't. She wa- would have been really good. I don't want to put my fingers in your chest hole. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to. Why does she always sound like Janine? She's not necessarily from New York. Um. But I mean, it's almost the same character. But the the end, he he he's given a cover story and he just blows it off and says, "You know what? I am Iron Man." And yeah. It's a very cool scene too. Sure. And then of course, well, it's a cool scene because it also for someone like me who's who's only expo- I mean, I, I've seen comic book movies before. It's always about the secret identity. Yeah. So it's great. It was very refreshing. I mean, the whole there was a the whole movie is very refreshing for someone like me who's really only ever seen like two kinds of comic book movies up to that point, which was, you know, campy as balls or uh, super dark and gritty yeah. and good and fun up to that point. You know, the, the this is Dark Knight, I don't think was out. Did this movie come out? No. There's the same year, it was 2008. Same year. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember which one came out first. Um, I, I want to say that this came out first because I think, I think Dark Knight came out in July. Okay, I don't know. That if sounds that sounds right. I f- I feel like I it think this was May or June. Movie. Yeah, um, and they would not have wanted it to go up against each other. Which no, is I fine. think I think Iron Man actually came out in earlier in the spring because I think it was around the time that I had gotten married. I think it was mm. that week or two. Well, around that time when I had gotten married, I, I on behalf of your wife, anyway, am <laughs> glad that you you're not trying to remember when you got married. <laughs> in the reverse, like, uh, I like I think I got married in the spring because I know I saw Iron, Iron Man, Man that yeah. weekend. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> glad you're 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 bucking convention there the stereotype. <laughs> bucking the Joe convention. But it's a but it's a but it was a very refreshing movie from that. I mean that's that's very big deal in movies um that's something that marvel that's consistent then with marvel because the there's no real secret it's not that there's a secret in like metropolis or or gotham city in those in those movies or in those universes everybody kind of knows that those characters exist um and then they do that a little bit with the spider-man you know they everybody knows new york's got the spider-man yeah. you know and those in the in the <laughs> same Spider- spider-man movies. everyone new york's behind you you, you, you mess with him you mess with all of us uh <laughs> one day we'll have to do spider-man oh god damn it so but that's what's interesting is once you get by the time you get to the avengers they're doing a little bit of meta commentary yeah. on like there are avengers things now there's action figures and there's the kinds of things that exist in our world yeah. which is normally something i kind of hate but at least they're 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 winking at that in a in a way that's well, that's fun yeah. and acknowledging of like what might that be like in a fun way if these characters existed so they were brought they they're uh, our world suddenly has sort of these kinds of characters in them. And it's like yeah. with Captain America, it's like, yeah, no, I mean, we've seen him a hundred times yeah. in the movie without the mask on. I mean, he puts yeah. the mask on almost as an afterthought. It's, it's more representative. He doesn't need to have the mask on. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And then Thor, Thor is, is just is Thor. He's Thor is of... just Thor. There's no alternate ID. He's yeah. not like, no, my name is Bob Norwegerson. <laughs> I work at the cracker factory. You know, there's no, there's none of that. It's like Southern cracker. Oh no, there's trouble. Better get my hammer. You better get my Thor on. Like, <laughs> uh, 
we'll get into, I don't know where I'm trust going me, with this. Trust me, we'll get to Thor uh, soon <laughs> enough. But yeah, it's it's very true. So it starts it off. It's that Iron Man is literally going, no, I am Iron Man. And everyone goes nuts. They're like, Wah! Yeah, they'll jump up and start yeah. screaming. And then, of course, after the all the credits roll, then all of a sudden, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, head of S.H.I.E.L.D., shows up. Sure. As Nick Fury. Yeah. A um, little bit of a, a trivia on that one. Nick Fury... In the comics, was, of course, a white guy. Oh. But in the Marvel Ultimates universe, which was a universe that was created in the in the 90s uh, or early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, um, the the creator of the Ultimates book, which is the was the Avengers, actually purposely designed Nick Fury to look like Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. So Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury actually existed before Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> ever played Nick Fury. It, it's know. weird to think about it that way, but it's that's the way it was designed around. And I think it was brilliant casting. Sure. For yeah, that. he's great. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. And then he's like, I want to tell you about the Avengers initiative. Yeah. You think you're the only superhero? Well, technically he was for yeah. a very, you know, but but aside from that. <laughs> um, yeah. You're, you're entering. And that's where it starts to get. So one of the things that I noticed is... Uh, even in retrospect, for me watching this movie, I never and because and this is I think just because it's the first one. But even knowing where Marvel's kind of going with this now, like you don't really get the sense that the, up until that moment that this is the start, start of, of a what it movie. is. You you get the sense, sure, that it's going to be, there's going to be more Iron Man movies because it's so fun and you know how successful it's going to be yeah. um, as you're watch, as we were watching it in 2008. You're like, this movie's going to be big. We're going we're gonna to see the him again. was 2008. And he had signed... My flashback music. It's always... <laughs> regardless of what Semi-charmed year, life. <laughs> Ten years later than that, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, up until that moment when he literally says you're stepping into like a larger universe what, yeah. is it, what do you, he actually says I wrote down what he says he actually says you're uh, you are entering into a much larger universe a Marvel Cinematic universe. universe it's like he's telling you yes. the viewer you are stepping into a larger universe exactly and, and of course that's exactly I mean, it's, you gotta but, think. You gotta think. That's kind of clever. Sure, and 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 that was fine. And that's what I'm saying. Like up until that point, you're just enjoying the movie, and then now knowing, <laughs> now and it's seeing a job. <laughs> that yeah, now it's your entire freaking life, and Marvel has decided how you will be spending like five weekends a year. You know, if they're all as if they at that time, if they were all as good as Iron Man was. I would be very happy with that. Now, unfortunately, our next two movies are The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2, so we'll get to talk about those. <laughs> but uh, Incredible Hulk is not that. Never underestimate Tony Stark. Stark. I don't want to. I don't want to give this that much away, <clears throat> but um, a couple things before we get into um, you know uh, feelings on, on other things. I wanted to give a couple, a little bit of background information on the production of this movie. Um, it was originally optioned in 1990 by Universal Studios, so yeah. Iron Man had been in production for 28 years at that point. Um, what was it? Tw no, 18 years at that point. 
for 18 years at that point. It was originally supposed to be directed by Stuart Gordon, the guy who directed Reanimator and wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people who were up for the role in the 90s was Nick Cage, uh-huh. which would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Cruise, who I could honestly see playing the part. Sure. Very much so. I, honestly, I could still see him playing the part. Yeah. Uh, oh, completely. I don't know yeah. why he hasn't played a Marvel character as is yet. Yeah. Um, he'd be up on top of that. Uh, there was a there was a plan um, after 1996, before the movie got made, um, 20th Century Fox got the rights. Now, 20th Century Fox, of course, ended up making um, X-Men. They had uh-huh. the rights to X-Men. They had a bunch of rights at that point. Almost every comic book rights were being bought up by 20th Century Fox at that point. And they actually let the the rights lapse to New Line in 1999 or 2000, around that time, because mm-hmm. they just had too many. They It says when I was doing my research that Quentin Tarantino was approached to direct, but mm-hmm. he was probably approached to direct like, hey, Quentin, you want to direct Iron Man? And he was like, no. And that yeah. was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the uh, 2001, they tried to get Joss Whedon to direct it. Then uh, finally in 2004, which was the closest that it gotten that it had gotten made to that point, Nick Cassavetes was directing it. Oh. The guy who um, directed The Notebook and uh, Alpha Dog, amongst other things. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a lot of crazy uh, scripts going around. One of them, and I thought this was interesting, I made a note of it, was that the script had Iron Man fighting his father, Howard Stark, also in an Iron Man suit. Which is uh, okay. nearly identical to the end of the incre- of the original Hulk movie from Ang Lee, where Hulk fought his father, who was also another Hulk at that time, <laughs> which I thought was really stupid. And I was like, I'm glad they didn't go that direction again. Yeah. Um, and then finally in 2004, um, when Cassavetti uh, fell through, uh, the rights re- reverted back to Marvel. And Marvel actually went through Paramount for distribution rights. Hmm. Uh, so Paramount distributed it because this was before Marvel was their own company and right. before Disney bought Marvel. Yeah. Um, this is that weird sweet spot in between with Paramount. Paramount still yeah. makes money off Iron Man. Uh, but uh, the original director that they had in mind before John Favreau was Len Wiseman, the guy who directed Underworld. So mm. that you know Kate Beckinsale would have played Pepper Potts at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then they hired John Favreau, and I always thought that Favreau was an amazing pick for this. Um, it ended up being amazing, but I always thought it was because they originally wanted to get um, what's his face to play Tony Stark, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn to play Tony Stark, which I could see. Yeah, I mean, a Tony Stark with a pot belly can be done. Sure. <laughs> um, was that ever talked about? Not or? that I in any of my research, but okay. I always just kind of that assumed. Just your theory. Yeah, my theory, my my fan yeah. theory, but. Apparently, uh, Favreau had worked with Marvel producer Avi Arid during Daredevil, where John Favreau had played Foggy Nelson to Ben Affleck's really s- crybaby Daredevil mm. character. Movie's still not as bad as people think it is. Oh, it has it has its. I'll bad. take your word for that. I don't know if I saw that one. It's not. Might have missed that. It's one. not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's pretty decent for what it was. Yeah. Uh, Favreau said he, he approached the movie like an independent film, like as if Robert Altman had directed Superman. Which I know you think would be amazing. <laughs> huh. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, I suppose. And Favreau, uh, his approach to Tony Stark was like Elon Musk, um, which is very similar to what Stan Lee did with the approach to Howard Hughes, but without yeah. the without the pee in the jar and the long fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> the spruce goose. <laughs> the spruce goose. <laughs> 
Everything I know about Howard Hughes is from an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> and oh, the, the Aviator. Aviator. I was going to yeah. say The Aviator. Um, so those are just some of the production notes. Of course, um, the first person to actually sign on to the movie was Terrence Howard as uh, as Rhodey. And that actually led to some future problems that we'll probably go into in Iron Man 2. Yeah. So when... Uh, if you're planning to to get to this, but I, I'm trying well, to I'm rush not, you. I'm done with my but, production notes. Oh, okay. Right now. Yeah. Um, my my question because I did no research on on this aspect of it whatsoever. But when was it kind of since this? I'm trying to think of of how to phrase it. At what point were they like? Was Marvel? Did Marvel decide that this was the first of the next, you know, 20 years of what they're going to do? I mean, when, when was this called? It's easy to call this phase one now, Well, but was this considered phase one where it's like we're going to do these three films right now? Well, originally, I know that during uh, when they announced the Iron Man movie, they had announced a series of movies Marvel was going to do. Well, because Hulk came out like later that year. It was it was they were almost simultaneously in production. Iron Man, Hulk and Ant-Man were the first ones. Oh, OK, right. So all the way back to 2005, 2006. OK. Ant-Man was in production. It's only coming out later this year. Yeah. So, you know, eight years after it was announced, it's coming out now. But that's when they were going to do their first. I don't know how. F- I knew they were going to go for the Avengers eventually. And they had they were. I know Thor and Captain America were in pre-production at that point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how. F- like, I think after the success of Avengers, they were like, OK, we're taking this whole hog at this point. We're Was it to- that recently? I think I think it I mean, because I, I feel like with all of the you got to remember, Iron Man came out in 2008. That was only six years ago. Well, no, I know. But that's yeah. why it feels like. It, it, to me now, it feels like this whole. It's hard to remember, honestly, a time where just it wasn't old. just like, yeah, there's gonna be eight Marvel movies a year, you know, for the rest of our lives. Only like, two. I, I just, it, it, and, and this is sort of with me. I don't necessarily hate the concept. What I do hate when it comes to the automatic sequels is when the second and third movie are like parts one and two of one movie. Like what they yes. did with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Oh, I hate uh, that too. Oh, I don't like, but I don't like the, I don't like watching half a movie. However, with Captain America and Thor of what they've already done and, and Iron Man, the second movie and the third movie are usually two separate stories with the character, yes. which I like. I do agree with that. I and do as long like as, that. As long as they stop it at three, I'm okay with it. And I think that's where Marvel's they're doing like a George Washington bowing out after two terms as president thing. It's like unofficially there's not going to be more than three. Yeah. I mean, the, the inherent yeah. sort of problem with that is three is of course, it, it, it's a thing for a reason. The three, you yeah. know, the three act structure and the three it, it, to make it into a trilogy. Yeah. But it's not really the Iron Man trilogy. It's just six hours of Iron Man. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's three different adventures, six hours or eight hours or so, whatever it adds up to. And I think that's where it gets into the little bit of of the meta commentary in that of how these movies are truly like comic books. They're like a self-contained arc. And contained into one movie, and then it's just three separate arcs for yeah. the character over time. But getting back to Iron Man, finishing up <laughs> what we're talking about, because we're we're well over an hour right oh, now. Awesome. We're over an hour right now, so it's fine. But the the casting. What do you think of the casting? I thought the cast was great. 
Um, I thought everybody was fine in the movie issues with uh, Terrence Howard aside as it just is a person. He's, but, well, I mean, not even as a person, but he's just kind of a a boring act. He doesn't look like he's ever enjoying himself. No. 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 I mean, he's literally true. on a plane with strippers. Well, he gives off a creep vibe because he's kind of a creep. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, he, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. is great. Uh, you, you said yeah. it before, he makes the role. He makes the movie. He does. If that, I have a feeling that if he wasn't cast in that movie, that movie would be nowhere near as, as uh, it, I don't even think Marvel, yeah. the cinematic universe, may have even taken off as it did without him being behind it yeah and uh like i think you know um the guy from coldplay's wife is really good or ex-wife uh gwyneth paltrow she she Uh, does an incredible job she's fine she doesn't have to do much she's she's even like attractive like i find her attractive in that movie and i do not find gwyneth paltrow attractive at all well it's the red hair it's the reddish hair. I, I, redheads don't do anything for me. Oh, it just I find right. her. Well, for me. <laughs> Jeff Bridges was great. Uh, I still think he for was the most part. He was he, a little too um, nice, cartoonish in that broad, just a big broad like I'm the bad guy. Yeah. But he had to be. Yeah. He he had to do that uh, for the character. Yeah, I always think I think that the Marvel movies. When we'll, I don't, let's not jump the timeline. Let's just, it's, we'll talk about Iron Man right now. Yes. Um, I think he, he wasn't villainy enough. I like, I think they could have gotten a better. You don't think he was villainy? Oh, okay. But you're saying Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. The, actor. the character, okay. yes. The character was very overly excessive. In the villainy. hands of a person Villainous. who's, who's a good villain. Like I always say my best, my favorite villain of all time is Jason Isaacs. <laughs> in the Patriot. In the Patriot. Yeah. Like he is so evil that you sure. love him being that evil. Yeah. And like you need someone like that. The character needs to be someone who's evil for the sake of evil. Like yeah. he needs to raise the glass and be like, gentlemen, to evil. <laughs> well, and that's where I disagree, I guess. I I disagree from I I agree in one sense and I disagree in another sense. I agree with that. In the sense of if you're going to make these movies and these movies are doubling down on and they are up to this point, they are the yeah. bad guys. And you, you said it very eloquently that the, the heroes have to be heroes and the bad guys have to be bad guys because these are not the kind of uh, complex moral, uh, you know, the heroes, the anti-heroes that we have today. And I think that's why it's so refreshing. Yeah. From a, where I disagree is just from a, and this is my my issue with comic book movies in general, is they don't make for very interesting stories for me. They're not terribly compelling in the sense of like, oh, those, ooh, oh, that was, what'd you think about that? What do you think about what he decided to do? No, because his motivations are either, oh, are you a bad guy? Good, and you're going to make me a bad guy and do a bad guy thing. I think that's something that... You're watching a live-action cartoon, and if you're okay with that, and I am in some sense, fine. You're going to have fun, and that's going to be it. But I think... Some ambiguity is nice. It it just makes it richer, and that's just more of what I look for in a a story. I think think you're you're right in that. I think that there isn't a lot of nuance with performance. No. But I think I think what you could see though Iron Man is not a subtle movie. No. <laughs> but I think it is you, robots punching each other. But what you could see in that movie, in the Iron Man movie, is you could see it's it's more about performance than anything. So if you give an actor an opportunity to shine in that role, to choose scenery, 
Yeah. It would be it would it's it would be much more interesting, I think, than just uh you know, then like Jeff Bridges tries to give a little bit of a subtle performance. He tries to not reveal that he's the villain. Yeah. While he's doing the part and it doesn't come across as like you like you f- I feel a little bad for him at the end because I'm like, he was just doing what he needed to do. <laughs> you know, there's people's jobs on the line. <laughs> and then, of course, he goes whole hog into yeah. like, no, I'm in a robot suit. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say some puns, kind of. <laughs> You know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> kind of like Schwarzenegger in, in Batman Forever, which we all malign. Uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, sorry. Yeah. Which we all malign because it's so ridiculous. It's terrible, yeah. But, I mean, like, you could take that ridiculousness and kind of, you know, tone it back. But, I mean, it's all about performance. Yeah. It's not about... Well, Marvel has been remarkably consistent, and I would rather... I, I do agree that I would rather watch a, a live-action cartoon of a Marvel movie than just angsty man of steel, which uh, I hated way worse than you, way way more than you did, but yeah. you didn't really like it either. Yeah. So I had a lot of issues with with the script in that one. Hated that movie. Anyway, but yeah, but but they're they're doubling down. DC is doubling down on brooding, dark grime, yeah. uh, PG thirteen grime, which is net, which never really works. If you're yeah. going to go dark, you have to go dark. There's no other, you can't, yeah. you can't pull your punches on that. No. Uh, but, but Marvel doesn't pull their punches. Their, their, their movies are, they end with 15 minutes of bad, good guys punching bad guys and bad guys punching good guys. Punching! And, and nobody gets a bruised or broken bone and anything like that. And they all look great. So let me ask you, what do you think about Favreau's directing? Now, this is a guy who up to this point, the biggest movie he had directed was Elf. Yeah, he's not really, uh, it's hard. I don't have a real strong sense at this point of like, I couldn't really speak to what the Favreau style is. I mean, he's certainly not, he, he, he doesn't have enough, I think, films under his belt, enough consistency, I think, under his belt. But what I did like was because the script is fairly thin, the story is fairly thin. I mean, it's 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 uh, we described it. I mean, it's we that's yeah. it's fine, but it's yeah. a live action cartoon. He did a good job knowing when we we got to get a quick boring bit out of the way, and then now we're gonna say some one liners and well, some and jokes exactly, and some silliness. I think I think what he did with like you could see a lot of influence of um, Swingers and Maid in the movie yeah. as well, mm-hmm. like that ability to just sit. Focus on two guys talking and yeah. show the the inherent humor and the development of character in just two people talking. Yeah, very easy to follow. He didn't bog it down with a lot of like Iron Man's got to do that. He, he just said we're gonna tell this story with this guy, and he, it's and it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I think especially with um, what's her face, um, with, with even with the scenes with Pepper Potts, where mm-hmm. he's in there talking with her scenes, it just. The most the most compelling scenes in the movie were just two people talking. Yeah, and it's and it's not like exposition, exposition, exposition. It was like no, the characters are learning about each other, and you yeah. know, like he already knows or telling the audience something about the characters through the way that they interact, which I thought was really cool that Favreau did that, and I think that's the Favreau style. It was an origin story that was built out. It wasn't an origin story where it was. An hour and a half of nothing, you know, or, 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 you know, 70 minutes of nothing happening and then 30 minutes of Iron Man Man now. Punch, punch, punch. He's some version of Iron Man very early on. And and the movie is about 
How does it get from this, they're not being an Iron Man, what are the steps that he goes through to now he's Iron Man officially at the end, and he literally announces it at the end of the movie. Yeah. I am Iron Man now. This is what yeah. I'm going to do. So it was an or- so it was a full-length origin story, but... It didn't feel like no, it. Like it didn't when we feel were like used it at to. all, where yeah. Batman Begins is is he, he doesn't he even resemble Batman until, which is a movie I really he like, re- until <laughs> an hour into that movie. And even then, I'm like, he's not really Batman. <laughs> Michael Caine's more like Batman than Batman is. <laughs> Batman doesn't cry about Rachel. Another thing I liked about um, <laughs> the CG that helps keep it a little bit, uh, you know, there's some broad daylight CG, which is which still holds up fine, but the big robot battle takes place at, at night, night. Yeah. from a distance, not a lot of close-ups. It's like no. great. Let's keep it that way. No, It'll, but the, the stuff that, that happened, that's how you you preserve that the, stuff. The stuff that happened in the light though looked it really looked good. good. Yeah, and I was I was kind of surprised by that. The only other thing that I thought was kind of a little weird with the movie, and I thought directing wise, or it, it might have been either directing or script wise, but I just felt like the relationship between Tony and Pepper just felt so forced. Yeah, it was. It, it there was no will they or won't they. It's they will and when and how they gonna do it. And but here I think, it is. They, I think there was a sense of obligation. Yeah, I, but I think the 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 acting of Gwyneth Paltrow and the acting of Robert Downey Jr. really helped that out. Yeah, so that it didn't feel like so automatic. It was they want to. Yeah, get together. It's just it's clear that. Yeah, they're not ready for it or whatever. And so yeah, I agree. Forced. It's it just. It felt like it probably shouldn't have been this movie. They yeah. could have shown some hints of it, kind of like they did. Sure. But it was just like, it was very heavy handed. And I felt yeah. like this is something that needs to develop a little more organically. I know. It's what they got it, you know. It's for the, it's the stereotypes. Like, this is going to be for the girlfriends. I guess. And the but wives. And I it's like, no, it's, they can enjoy the punching robots too. I would have more preferred it if it was, <laughs> if it was more subtle. It's going to be a better movie that way than do yeah. it. Well, I mean, because it, it completely skips over, you know, I, other things. I mean, there's a very long cut scene that and a scene that was cut from the movie of Tony Stark throwing this big party and like, trying to have, you know, sex with two women. Sure. And it, it, it was, I was just thinking that that like he sleeps with one woman in yeah. the movie. It's oh, implied that, that he's a womanizer, but or, you know, a, a playboy. But we only saw him sleep with one woman. And let me tell you that scene, I'm glad it was cut. It was awful. <laughs> it made no sense. It didn't yeah. it would have completely thrown off the flow of the movie. Sure. And it did add a little something to it, but I just once again, I feel like the Pepper a lot of times character they get cut for a reason mostly. Yeah, the Pepper character and the I would have much preferred to have been like my coming out of the movie my wife going they're going to end up together. I'm like, "Oh, how you know? You could just tell." I mean, like, you know, I would have preferred that than sure. kind of how it's a little heavily handled. Kind of like, we're going to get together as soon as you grow up a little bit and I learn to 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 work less. And it's like, oh, yeah, geez, okay. as soon as I divorce Chris Martin. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I, I always harp on that. When I, when I, yeah. I just see her. I see Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a we've kind of covered a lot of the. And, a lot on this. Do you, is there any other specific parts that you kind of wanted to talk about with the movie? No, I mean, all the stuff that I wrote down, we talked about along the way. Yeah. So I feel like I did the movie justice. I think it's a good, I think it's a better comic book movie than it is just a movie, yeah. but, but it's a good, it's a fun movie. I and think it's, I honestly think it's one of the best comic book movies out there. Yeah. I mean, I agree. like in the timeline of the time, since up to 2008, it is one of the best 
interpretations of a comic book I've ever seen on screen. Um, and I'm a big guy. I'm a big comic book fan. I love mm-hmm. comic books. And you got to think like before that, even like going back and looking at 89's Batman, that wasn't a very good interpretation of Batman. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, it was its own movie. Yeah. And even Batman Begins was good. But once again, as I said, Michael Caine was, was more a very Batman. specific. Yeah. Uh, comic book i think that they were doing yeah and uh like maybe the 1978 superman you know maybe mm-hmm. you know with that by the way i saw a great um audition film of superman where they showed all the women auditioning for lois lane leslie ann warren should according to that audition if you just watch it you'll see you'll interesting see yeah huh. uh that's besides the point <laughs> Tony Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with the heart of steel. As Iron Man, all jets of blaze, he's light and slight with repulsor rays. Amazing armor, as Iron Man, amazing armor. We're going to stick to the timeline, so we, I don't really want to talk – like, when we talk about Incredible Hulk next week, I don't want to talk too much about Thor and Captain America and Avengers. Yeah. So I, we're it's, gonna, it's hard not to, though, because yeah. that's part of the whole yeah. so uh, we're gonna, or, we can, origin of this. We're, we're going to talk about this in terms of the timeline. So we're going to watch Hulk as if we've only watched Hulk and, Captain, okay. and, and Iron Man. And then Thor will include Thor, yeah. Hulk. You know, we could talk All about right. that in progression from so there. We'll try, to, we'll try to be better about that. Yeah. So the, and I'll try not to curse so much. Yes. The so darn much, <laughs> dag nabbit. So our final <laughs> thing, sticks. our final little um, bit we're gonna do is it's a what if Marvel Comics is known for their what ifs. Um, it's kind of you know like what if Spider Man had joined the Fantastic and Four alternate universe alternate stuff. universe stuff. And our alternate universe today is gonna be what if Iron Man was filmed. When did I say nineteen seventies? Yeah, I, I chose 1974. I think we just said 70s or mid-70s, so I just said it in 1974. Okay, so um, hold on a second. Let me, so let the me pull idea my list. Was not, yeah, so, the, so we can take turns with the casting I, uh, and the director and all of that. We, we can take turns. We may or may not have come up with, with the similar kinds I, of things. I am but, almost positive we came up with the exact same cast. I don't know. We'll see. But, okay. uh, but that, so, so the idea was, yeah, the, the idea is that, that if, the, if Marvel, not so much that they were going to make all of these different movies but just if an iron man movie what would an iron man yeah. movie in the and this 70s? is like the same the same type of thing so we'd we'd have uh we'd have you know iron so man pepper pots we yeah. have we'd have probably have roadie so let's start with the uh just the plot the, the the because i don't have much to say about it because i think the plot would be exactly, exactly the, the same maybe take a place in vietnam i was or... going to say the bad guys would be russians because oh, yeah. i'm thinking if it's a mid-70s vietnamese yeah, uh, maybe I it's mid-70s. You know what? Because 1974, it's a, it's a touchy. We're yeah. getting into the Cold War. They're all-purpose bad guys at that. We're in the Cold War at yeah. this point. It's easy enough to just specter of okay. communism is still right there. So I feel like I started to think about like, well, what would the plot of the movie? It would be the exact, exact same, same movie. It would yeah. just be they would be Russian instead of you know, uh, Arabistanian. Arabistanian, yeah. <laughs> um. So who who is your cast for for Tony Stark? Who do you who do you got? For Tony Stark, aka Iron Man. Yeah. Uh I went with Paul Newman. Paul Newman, really? Yeah. You, you know, I, I went a little campier than you. Okay. I went with Burt Reynolds. Nice. <laughs> my other and my my whole casting on, on Iron Man is based on facial hair. So Sure. Okay. So it yeah, was Paul either, Newman wouldn't really have much of that. It was either him or think. Donald Sutherland, but I ended up going with Burt Reynolds. My other alternative, <laughs> my other idea was uh was Bruce Dern. 
Oh, that's a good one, too. Um, who kind of looks a little bit like he could be the part. Um, he did Great Gatsby that year, and that yeah. was a big that was a big role for him. And when you see him in that movie, you're like, yeah, he looks a little like Tony Stark. Yeah, where he, he does it. But I thought it would be a much more fun movie to watch, and it was a little bit more in the spirit of casting Robert Downey Jr. to cast someone who was so recognizable. Um little different because he was still kind of at the top of his game more or less i mean he was kind of starting to decline at yeah. that point in terms of um popularity uh and box office draw but yeah. i mean that was a year after the sting so i mean he was still kind of a big deal yeah i mean like and mo to be to be honest most of my cast for this movie is based off of Smokey and the bandit <laughs> i'm not gonna lie we're a few years away from Smokey and the Bandit. It was 77, I, I, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe. Let me let me just check really quick, because I, I know I had that... Uh, In the late 70s, so... Yeah. We don't have a... So it's fine. He This is pre-Smokey. Yeah, 1977. Uh, so I'd like... But I mean, like... I would. You went seventy four. I mean, I didn't necessarily go with a specific. That's fine. 70, I just said seventies. I used seventy four because I wanted to make sure that it could ex it could have happened. Oh, okay. I I was very I was you very focused ground yourself. on. I needed to ground myself in the actual year so that I could be like, what did people look like in that year? Who looked the part? Rather than just who I might have hypothetically wanted to be. Oh well, yeah. The, I, I still went with who would who would look the part in the seventies, but well, that, yeah. that was part of it. Yeah, yeah, who would look it, but it wasn't necessarily who would look like the movie looks now yeah i mean like just what would the movie have looked seriously like i just went with with pepper Potts. i went sally field director i went with hal needham i considered <laughs> sally field and i thought she would actually be very good i was thinking sally field she pepper was Potts. she's very girl next door which is what pepper Potts is supposed to be she's sure. supposed to be a knockout uh, i did consider sally field and i almost wrote her down you um, went with sissy spacek didn't you? well no because i <laughs> a little young i went with uh Little young, I really. Went, I, I, mean, I think I so. I don't. Well, I don't know how old she was, but I, I felt like she needed to look like she. Ne you needed that banter. Oh, and I guess so, Sissy Spacek was in Carrie in '76, so uh, you know it. Yeah, yeah she would have been like I'm eighteen. She would have been sixteen at that time. But well, she probably uh, would have been eighteen. But I originally, I, I originally went with Faye Dunaway, who was again at the top of her game. But once I cast Paul Newman, I realized I had to cast Joanne Newman, his actual wife, and frequent co-star yeah. you'd get that chemistry and it would be a lot more fun to watch on screen i think i but that's why I, I i kind of so i see i went a little real world yeah I, you did <laughs> like i went with Sally, i think the part of the thing with sally field though is this is kind of why it just drew me into it was that i think sally field would have been an amazing um uh just because of burt reynolds and sally field like watching uh, Smokey and the Bandit, like yeah. how they there's like zero sexual chemistry between them, but that's still so believable. Yeah, at the same time, I'm with you. I think that yeah. would be a good yeah. cast. That would be good. Yeah. And you said, well, Hal Needham. <laughs> Hal Needham would be. The, oh no, Hal uh, Needham. Hal Needham. Yeah, um, he would definitely be the director. I considered. <laughs> Wait to hear my Obadiah stain. You'll love I'm, it. I'm excited. Um, for director, I considered two possibilities. I considered, uh. Marvel, who, if they're recognizing that this is going, if this succeeds and this is going to be a thing, and they want to give someone who would understand the content but was still kind of a young director who they saw potential in, in the genre, you could go with, uh, if this is 1974, pre Star Wars George Lucas. Ooh. Uh, American Graffiti's out at this point, or this is the same year as American Graffiti, roughly. I think mean, that might have been 73. So right off that, they might have been like, this guy's got a good ensemble. I, I think THX would have been a much better 
Sure, and that yeah. would have been out. Well, I don't know if that would, was released or. or well, it wouldn't well, have maybe been. It but was. I mean, he, I mean people it was would his have, first film. People but, would have known about it at yeah. least if they. So yeah, that would have been interesting. And what would that have yeah. meant for for a lot of different things? Um, or you go the other 1970s American film gritty anti Hollywood. Go Bob Raffleson. Ooh, <laughs> post monkeys. Uh, King of Marvin Gart. That's what got me onto Bruce Dern because that had just come out as well. Bruce uh, Dern. Yeah, I'm Bruce Dern. Um, so either way, it really depends on the movie. I mean, if okay. if, if we go Paul Newman, then yeah, I'm gonna say. I, I didn't. I didn't pick someone for Rhodey, but I did pick um the guy who'd play Happy Hogan, the guy that John Favreau played. And since <laughs> it's Burt Reynolds, who do you have to play have, have play Happy Hogan? Dom DeLuise. Yeah. <laughs> it just I didn't cast him because I don't even think I noticed him in the movie. For the end of the for the credit sequence for Iron Man would have been amazing. <laughs> Where he's like, Yeah, I I am Iron Man. You know, just <laughs> you know, just laughing throughout the entire Starts thing. Choking on a meatball sub. <laughs> oh, but Okay, so Obadiah Stane was the only one I went with who wasn't in the Cannonball Run series. Um, I went with uh, with Orson Welles. Oh, nice. That's good. Yes. I figure in the 70s, it's fat Orson Welles. Yeah. It's very overly dramatic Orson Welles. And seeing Orson Welles in a big in the Ironmonger suit. Oh, my God. Have, to see him deliver. I don't even the, want to say who I said because that's so much better. <laughs> the line, he built it in a cave out of a box of scraps. Hearing him say that, Orson Welles say that, yeah. would have been just like, it would have shattered theaters. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I give it to you. Who'd you pick? Um, I thought it would be a lot of fun to to ham it up with an aged Laurence Olivier. Ooh. Yeah. Just want to see him. So we went re respected veteran thespians. Yeah, <laughs> I think, now that I'm thinking about it with the Cannonball Run thing and, uh, and uh, Smokey and the Bandit, I may have go with Paul Williams as uh, Rhodey Rhodes. <laughs> so, so I did say uh, with James with with Rhodes. Um, you know what was interesting about trying to cast a, a black movie actor, like a like a notable actor at that time, was a lot of the ones that I wanted were, and again, I was being grounded in reality or forcing myself to be, were on television, yeah. which was a much you were two separate see, universes. Like, what was the name of the guy? Uh, his name escaped me. The the guy from uh, uh, the Rockford Files. Oh God, yeah, I don't know. I forgot his name off. The, it, I originally I had I had thought about him, but it was like, well, how did you get him? Kind of transition to that. So I thought, well, if you want someone good, if you can get him, um, you could get a, a, a Sidney Poitier. That's who I was thinking. But or that uh, just seems like so racist to say, though, because it's like how many like African American actors? In I the felt like that there? too. Yeah. And I felt really bad writing him down, so I also wrote down Billy D. Williams <laughs> because that would be fun to watch. Seventy four. He was he yeah, was young. He this was is also this is way pre uh, the pre Empire pre Empire yeah. Empire was nineteen eighty so six yeah. years. Mm -hmm. I wonder what he was doing in the set. He's probably be doing TV work at that. So the time. only person did you cast a? The only other person I cast was an Agent Coulson because I oh, knew no, he I was did, such I, a. Such no, a that character. would be that would be Paul Williams for me. Would be oh, Coulson. Okay, so like really creepy Paul Williams. I only Phantom saw, of the. I know, only thought of one person, and I wrote it in bold. Everyone else I wrote question marks after with just regular text. I only thought a one person wrote it in bold would have etched it in stone if I could, and that's Harvey Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, you have an you have the opportunity for me to uh, <laughs> tell you about the strategic homeland intervention. Blah blah blah. It's an acronym. 
The would shield. You, would Do you, you get it? Would you like to see my butt? Ah, ah! He has to do that at some point. Scrunch his face up. Ah, Iron Man. Aww. What was Harvey Keitel doing in the early seventies? That's after Mean Streets. Is it after Mean Streets? Yeah, okay. Mean Streets was uh, was seventy three, I think. Yeah. Okay. I want to say I want to say this was after Mean Streets, seventy two maybe. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't um, even think he had done uh, uh, Bad Lieutenant yet at that no, point. I'm no, not sure had, when that came no, out. No, that but. Was, but you know what? Billy D. Williams at the time had just done Lady Sings the Blues, so I'll, I will give it go. to you. Because that was yeah. done in 72. I'm just looking that up. And he was, he had, Mahogany was 75. Ooh. So, um, yeah. And Brian's song was 71. So maybe James Caan would have made a great um, Agent Coulson. Yeah. James I was I remember specifically looking at the cast of The Godfather and just being like, who, who, can who I would pick? be in this movie? And I'm like, ah, they were just all too <laughs> they're just all too old and and godfathery. Godfather. I just couldn't. I couldn't I mean, before we actually end, let's 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 give Iron Man uh, a rating based upon um, does it hold up as a movie? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think so. I think it I think I, absolutely. It surprised the hell out of me. I thought for sure I'd go back and watch it and be like, this is not like in comparison, like I'm jumping the timeline. But in comparison to some like Captain America of Captain America Two, the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought there is no yeah. way this movie's going to hold up. And it held up. Yeah. Like way more than I thought it was going to. It's a to. lot of fun. It, it's not bogged down by all the stuff that we are talking about that we're trying not to talk about that, well, <laughs> that yeah, we'll eventually well, get to. Well, yeah, we'll it's not bogged down by that. And, and, and that'll, I think, be an interesting thing to look at next time. With the Incredible uh, Hulk. Because that should be the same, but will it be? I don't know. Will it? Will it? What would it? Time will tell. Um, So it does hold up. And I'd give it. For me, if I had to give it a star rating, I always do out of 10 stars because I hate it when everyone does. I do it out of five stars. They go, I give it three and a half stars. Well, that's just seven stars. Um, I actually I just. <laughs> okay. It bugs me. It bugs All the right. hell out of me. Like, why do you got to go with five stars? Just go with the 10, 10 point scale decimal system. Go 100 yeah. and then your base go 100 stars and then yeah. you're giving it a, a, a grade almost. You're giving yeah. it out of 100. Yeah. Um, give it a million stars, Joe. <laughs> My now God. Now you're just being it's ridiculous. It's full of stars. <laughs> different movie um i i actually i would give i'd give iron man uh eight out of ten 
I think it's it, it holds up. I think that there are few things that um like the MySpace reference and the phone. Yeah. You know, it's like those are things that date it. Sure. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. But even though, it, but even then, it's like I think the script. So we're not allowed to say half stars. Not not on a ten point scale. All right, fine. So on, but I, like I think the script is tight. I think the the directing is good. I think all of the acting is really good, with the exception of Terrence Howard as Rhodey. But yeah. as, aside from that, you know. Uh, then I'm gonna give it seven, only because uh, I do think at the end of the day it's a bit thin. Um, which is okay for the movie that it is, yeah. but it it's it keeps it from being because there's just there's really beyond what you see on the screen. There's there's no pretext. There's no subtext. There's no anything. There's just text. Iron Man flying around, <laughs> yeah. punching stuff, and it's it's fun to watch. But at the end of the day, that's about it. But but as far as what the movie sets out to accomplish, I think it mostly succeeds. Cool. All right. Well, go to planetarbitrary.com for all your Planet Arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at Planet Arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at KWhiteSays with an S. Um, like our Facebook page, Planet Ar- backslash Planet Arbitrary, and listen to our other Planet Arbitrary podcasts, Pat's Retro Video Game Review Podcast, a.k.a. Play On, and Game Classy. <laughs> uh, uh, Play On is all about video games. Game Classy is all about tabletop games. Um, mm. So hopefully um, we're going to record a lot and record these and then release them, you know, simultaneously, not simultaneously, but on release holidays, them on major holidays, on major holidays. <laughs> so um, hopefully next week we'll out will be Incredible Hulk. Where we'll, and then uh, the week after that, we'll do um, Thor, uh, not Thor, Iron, Iron Man, Man 2. 2. And then uh, we may take a, a break off and then, you know, keep going from there. Um, we may do some other movies in between, you know, but. Until next time when we watch The Incredible Hulk, um, Kevin, do you have some final words? Uh, No, but I I, want to say I'm very impressed that we were able to make this podcast in a cave out of scraps. (laughs) 